teams of Our Lady because we look at the Blessed Mother as our patroness, as the ultimate model of discipleship. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing this evening? Good, Robert. Lots of snow today. Hey, were you snowed out in the port or what? We were snowed in. We were snowed in, but uh, when we moved up here, the the first purchase I made up here, even though it was the month of July, was a snowblower. Snowblower. Good investment in the port. Good investment in the port. How was your muffin this morning there, pal? It was good. Thank you for allowing me the muffin. I didn't have the chocolate chip one because that was too close to dessert-ish. And we'll talk about desserts too. We just started this in Ash Wednesday yesterday and a whole bunch of desserts appeared right in front of me. Yeah, now so, you're not well, going to be texting me every day though to see whether or not I have to. what if you're having close for call, breakfast. Is... If I have to, and it's a close call, whether it's dessert or breakfast like, I have to give you a call. I did have a pancake this morning, so that's that's okay, right? As long as you didn't put Left syrup over. on it, you're good. And we move right along. We have a couple of great <laughs> guests tonight, don't we, Robert? <laughs> oh, we do have a couple of fabulous guests, and we've been having a lot of fun chatting with them before we, we have. hit the now, record I button. Just... Now, when was the last time we had two guests on? I'm trying the, to remember. The last time okay. we had multiple guests. Actually, multiple this is guests. the very first time we've had two. We did That's have right. three guests on when we had the liturgies guys on the... uh, a little over a year ago. Wow. And this is also our first husband and wife team. That's right. Our first right. married couple. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm really excited for this evening. I said we've been already having some fun uh, chatting as we go along. I was going to ask you to introduce our our guests this evening, Dennis, uh, seeing how they're from your neck of the woods and your co-parishioners. But uh, I know we chatted about that earlier, uh, and I think I'm the only one who has the paper with the, the right. bio for them. As soon as she on. said that, I'm looking for the bio <laughs> in my sheets. I'm thinking, you didn't send me the bio. So, so yes, um, I see them re- more regularly in the summer when they're, they're biking around my neighborhood. Less... In the winter, of course, we do pop into each other at mass if they take the kids to an early morning mass, which sometimes they do. But yeah, I run into our two next guests quite often in now, South Ajax here. Yeah. Now, I'm going to, to read the bio, but because of my age here and the size of the font of the text that I've got in front of me, I'm actually going to have to take my glasses off so I can actually see what I'm re- reading. So I put here. my glasses on to read and you take your glasses I gotta off. I got to take mine off to read. I mean, oh, interesting. Yeah. With us this evening, we have Monica and Chris Matelski, who have been married for 17 years and recently welcomed their sixth child this past September. They have two boys, Christian and Dominic, and four girls, Evelina, Anita, Gabriela, and Mariana. Monica and Chris are both Polish. Now, while Monica was born here in Toronto, Chris was born in Poland and immigrated to Canada with his parents when he was 12. They met at Our Lady Queen of Poland Parish in Scarborough, where they were also married. Along with their children, they serve in parish-based family ministries at this Polish parish, along with other young families. 
Chris himself works as a data analyst, and Monica serves as a youth and sacraments coordinator at St. Bernadette Parish in Ajax. In 2007, they joined the Teams of Our Lady, an international movement for married couples in the church. Their commitment to the movement is forged in their mission as a married couple as they serve as both formation and pilot couple, encouraging new and existing teams in their journey of holiness through the charism and spirituality of the movement. Chris enjoys long bike rides with his children. That's when you see them through the the neighborhood there. That's right. That's right. Soccer with his boys and finish and fishing. My mouth is getting dry here. It's almost time for the beers there, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Monica enjoys baking cakes and learning new baking techniques and making her own jams and jellies and gardening. So I think we're going to have to make a visit to the Matelski house (laughs) after Lent. I was going to say, I haven't seen anything in my mailbox yet with those jams and jellies, but maybe this summer. And once the children are in bed, you'll be sure to find both Monica and Chris enjoying a vintage wine together while they overanalyze the mysteries of life. Monica and Chris, we are so excited to have you here with us this evening. Welcome to the Pines and Pews podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. We're actually pretty honored. And as you were saying, you know, uh, for the first time in a while that you've had two people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I thought about it, I'm like, theologically, perhaps we'd like to, you know, still say, oh, it's maybe just one, you know, the two flesh made one union, you know. Flesh union, Mm -hmm. absolutely. But no, it's just, it is two of us. Now, when I was thinking about the wine, when he said vintage wines, are there any, I, I mean, you don't come across many Polish wines now. Is no. Are there? I, there is no Polish. No climate for that at all? It's, no, it's all a, lot of people, a lot of Polish people make their own wine. Okay, okay. But, you know, they're not vintage. I don't think right, it's right. anyway, but yeah, <laughs> Polish wine, you know, let's just stick to the beer, I think. I but. think the Polish beer is good enough for me, but I don't, I, and Robert as well, I would imagine. No, I've had a couple of very nice Polish beers yeah, as for well, sure. so it's very, very good. Speaking of beer. Speaking of beer, Dennis, what do you have for us this evening? I have. Um, I think you had this before, Robert, maybe a year or two ago, Pompous Ass. A and I probably beer. had it in your honor that evening, no. too, didn't I? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you set me up there. I set you up. You, it's you a Great can... Lakes brew, and it says it's uh, it's actually made in the traditional English ale. Now, it does say three to five degrees, and I always have my beers much like yours, much colder than that, usually just above freezing. So it's not at a true English ale uh, temperature, but we'll see how it goes. And yourself, sir? And myself, I have a Monty's Aged Rye Ale from the Tomorrow Brewing Company out of Toronto. Now, what's special about this ale is that they age it in rye whiskey casks. Oh, wow. So I'm really looking forward to the the flavor that that's given it. I find any time I've had something that's been aged in a uh, a nice rye or a whiskey cask, it really does have a nice, smooth flavor to it. Or you could just have a pint and like a shot of whiskey right after and like the Irish tradition too, right? And save yourself the... Isn't that what they call the a cast. boiler maker? Well, you, no, we're... I think that's together. They call it a short. And our guests, unfortunately, I don't think are having anything this evening. No, but I mean, which jealous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? It's it's a, like a good temptation. Like, thanks for putting us up on trial here. You know? No, Dave, that's you know, great. So you're actually decided to give up the all alcohol for Lent? Is that correct, Chris and Monica? Yeah, no, you right. know, I'm still discerning that. Maybe okay. Sundays will be uh, Sundays. Yes, of course. Well, Sundays. But, we'll feast see, days. but you know, I did it last year, and and it was great. It was great. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. No, Robert sent me a beautiful piece today, Robert. I don't know if you have that handy about you know, don't go out of your way. 
to avoid it, but you, what was that? The yeah, so the, our, our really Archdiocese, well the Archdiocese yep. of Toronto put out a fantastic iconographic today mm -hmm. uh, across social media where it asks, are Sundays a part of Lent? And they say, we do celebrate Sundays differently in Lent because we're working towards the resurrection instead of celebrating it. But when it comes to our Lenten fast, it says, because Sunday is the feast of the resurrection, we celebrate the resurrection, it's not a day of fasting. So you are not to intentionally avoid whatever it is you're fasting from during Lent. But it also says you're not supposed to go gangbusters and say, woohoo, it's Sunday and this is a loophole, exactly. mm -hmm. right? Um, so not to go out of your way to over-imbibe or to imbibe, but also not to go out of your way to to avoid either. So if that beer accidentally ends up in your hand on Sunday, you don't have to worry about it. You know. We like that too. And, and I like that. And, and you know what, like fasting for sure, you know, and, and we just recently we were having this conversation, the difference between fasting and abstaining with the kids, right? Because not all fasting is what we think it is, because sometimes it's just a matter of we're abstaining mm -hmm. from things, but we're not like fasting with regards to uh, a real reduction. So, yeah. And you know what, like when it comes to Sundays, the older kids make their own decision whether they want to uh, lessen their fast or not, uh, because they're like, well, the priest is in purple, okay? And it is called the first Sunday, Sunday of, of Lent. Lent That's so true. Sunday of Lent, right? And so then it's like, oh, I'm entering the season of Lent, not six-day cycles. Exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So right. it's, just, it's Good great point. conversations with, you know, with young people in the house about these things. Because, you know, they're also finding out that we started their you know, uh, obligation of fasting and abstinence a little bit too early. They didn't know. They didn't know. Then they're like, canon law says 14 plus and then 18 plus. Oh, my God. I was just about to say that too. Isn't that great that they found that out? They did. They did. Huh. Well, you know what? I guess we'll get into it. But like, you know, when it comes to being raised, did you want to say it? No, a Christian today at dinner, he's like, you don't have to fast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why are I'm you like, talking about it? No. the young ones. It's good training, good practice. But like, you know, in terms of our, you know, Polish upbringing, it's faith built on culture, right? So it's all so intertwined. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was nothing like, oh, you're, because you're this, you know, age, you suddenly get a free pass. No, we're all in it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the children are not fasting from alcohol with us, but we are. But if we were, you know, drinking a beer here with you, I would have uh, chosen Lech. So that's a Polish beer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've had it on the show for sure. Yeah, yeah. A great lager. I recently have been really into lagers. Oh my gosh. They are so crisp. They're aromatic. And, mm -hmm. but you know, they have that perfect bitterness with mm -hmm, the finish mm -hmm. that, that I, I like. And I you're can making me want to rush out to get a Lech. That's, Lech. that's, yeah. Yeah. And, and they're still pretty well priced for like, they are, they are, aren't they, Monica? Yeah, <laughs> best price. Yeah, and you know what? Myself, I, I, I guess what we were talking before. I'm down with the Polish beer. I'll have it still when I go to the parties mm -hmm. and stuff. But Ember, Ember's beers are for me. So Ember's what a one. Ember would be something that I would have. Yeah. Well, we're gonna say cheers here, anyhow. Cheers, well, cheers to Monica and, and congratulations. See, see Dennis, to you're, you're you're getting your ahead of yourself there. So we still need to say grace before. Oh beer. yeah. Oh, I would have wanted to say is eighteen to fifty nine is the fasting, is it not, Robert? So you're almost there. Well, you just well, you know, aren't, a couple you, aren't more you years counting the days? To... You're counting the days until you don't have to do that anymore. You won't have to do that in a couple of years, I guess. You'll be clean. That's so true. 
I didn't even know it was capped at 59. That I know. Like, I was shocked to see that. I look, I, you know, yeah. things you find out as a Catholic adult. Yeah, like, 59. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Robert. So let's lead us in prayer. After, after your next birthday, there, sir. <gasps> right? Yeah. Oh a couple, a couple more, a couple more than that. Just one Let's just two. say you're going to get there before any of us on this oh. call tonight. That's oh, all. The good Lord willing. Yeah. <laughs> In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant through the invocation of thy holy name that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace in soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Cheers. Cheers. We can blank our screen so you don't have to watch us. It's okay. I think it's good. It's a good temptation. Monica and Chris, where we get out of the way, and we ask you to take us back as far as you want, and explain a little bit about your faith journey and how you ended up now at St. Bernadette's in, in South Ajax, just east awesome. of Toronto. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I guess I'll start. And then because our stories are, our faith journeys are actually quite intertwined. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll, we'll speak about it together rather than, you know, I go first and Chris goes next. Um, just because we have known each other since, well, yeah, since Chris uh, came here uh, to Canada. And then I immediately saw him serving at the altar as an altar server at our Polish parish, which started off as a mission in 1983. And then I was one of the first parishioners to be baptized in 84. <laughs> um, and since then, we've just kind of been at Our Lady Queen of Poland, uh, sacramentally, sacramentally, liturgically, that's where all the sacraments have happened for us. So when I received my first Holy Communion, I decided shortly afterwards that I wanted to become a religious sister. I was really keen on becoming a Carmelite nun. My hero then and up to this point has always been St. Therese of Lisieux. And I wanted to be like her in every way. I really wanted to be humble. I wanted to be quiet and meek. That, That kind of like assimilated with my personality because I was a really shy kid. I was the type of girl that, you know, if you spoke to me, I would turn beet red and I would just like mumble my words. I wouldn't know what to say. I would say it would be so awkward. And, you know, I thought for sure for the most part of my life that I was just this shy, quiet person that, you know, didn't have much to, I guess, <laughs> offer other than, you know, being in the shadows, praying for people. And then, It was interesting because I read a passage from scripture in grade three saying that, do not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I think we just had this reading um, this past Sunday. You know, it it was very recently. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. right. And so that was actually, that was the the passage that made me think, okay, so my body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. I want to give myself all to God and that's it. I'm becoming a closer nun. So that went on for some time until I met Chris more intentionally. What had happened was he had gone to a retreat. So I guess to maybe put in where I was, right? So immigrated here. uh, Reason why? Because my dad came here three years uh, earlier because he was a godfather. 
and he brought us here to Canada. So we immigrated here to Canada. And and my journey is kind of like, yeah, you know, altar boy, just, you know, but still having like sort of a culture shock because, you know, the language and all that stuff, right? So I came like right into grade seven, grade eight, right? So that was like, ooh, and then high school was like, oh my gosh, like what's mm-hmm. going on, right? So kind of finding myself, you know, also like uh, going through personal stuff too, like with my parents, because uh, over the high school years, things got really bad and, and they got divorced, right? So there was me on the, on the brink of, you know, just what's going on, you know, uh, living with my mom and my brothers and sisters trying to uh, go go to college and try to, you know, balance things out. And 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 the journey for me was more of, uh, I guess, the internet crowds and stuff was the, the going on retreats. Like, you know, when I was 16, 17, I started going to these youth retreats, right? But it was for wrong reasons. It was more mm-hmm. for like, you know, meeting the girls and, you know, having fun, you know, and, and as you go, right? Like, and mm-hmm. not until like, you know, I, I would say when I was 18, 19, where I'm like, you know, I went to a retreat. I'm like, man, like these people, are, I, I see, I see people praying and, and all these things. I'm like, and I finally accepted Jesus as my, uh, that, that retreat as my uh, savior. And then, you know, things started to kind of like, for me to take my uh, faith seriously, you know, reading the, the scripture more and, even looking at the catechism and learning more about the uh, teachings of the church. So that's sort of my journey where I am, you know, like 19, 18, 19. So right. do you know each other at this time? Are you attending, we you're do. attending the same church? Yeah, in, we do. We are attending right? okay. parish. God had some, I guess, pre-planned things for us. Like I remember being in, uh, uh, playing as Joseph, you know, uh, and Monica was Mary, you know, like, and it was like, wow. things like that. Christmas like, pageants. Christmas you know? pageants. Yeah. Like, like God's doing like little like if I if I think about it now, it's like he's doing his little seeds, right? Like, you know, hey, you're gonna be with this woman one day, right? So it's like, wow, like I I, I had no interest and I was like, what the heck am I doing here? You know, this mm-hmm. pageant, because my parents told me to do it, right? It's like, you know, it wasn't the thing, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now I, I have to ask, was there like some of the, the church ladies that were trying to make this arrangement or pointing it out the that, old you know. polish ladies in the church <laughs> you know what it's, it's a fair point no because you know like i said i was keen on being a religious yeah. sister and i made that known and you know there was this kind of like pious vibe around me and so when chris came back from one of the retreats um he, he and his friends uh came back from the retreat and in, back into the parish and were told you now have to start up some sort of youth ministry Okay. That was a retreat that, you know, changed kind of like for me, mm-hmm. stepping, stepping ground, right? So, yeah, I come so, back from this retreat. And and yeah. so he decided to start a band, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he decided to start a band, and uh, they started with four guys. Um, Chris, of course, we needed girls, right? Like, no, just four guys doesn't look the best, but... So yeah, we... so, so he, he asked uh, myself and my friend at the time to join, and so we did. And we started to travel to... Uh, Polish parishes and just sing at masses. That was our thing. And, you know, Chris spoke about culture shock. We were so, you know, devoted to our Polish community at that time, just because of the fact that, you know, everybody was really tight knit. Immigration was like at its peak at the time of Mm -hmm. Polish immigrants coming into the GTA. And so, yeah, we were traveling around Polish parishes because there's a lot here in the GTA uh, run by either the Oblates or by the Society of Christ. Hmm. Um, and so I entered this band. We started singing 
And then I go through this, my own shock, though it's not a cultural one. It's more of an identity shock. Why am I just gushing over this guy? I'm supposed to be all in for the Lord. I'm supposed to be a Carmelite thinking about, um, you know, entering the convent in a, in a few years. And here I have butterflies in my stomach every time I see this boy pass by. And so, you know, Chris spoke about going on retreats for the wrong reasons up to a certain point. Then I find out that he's um, going to be one of the youth leaders at a youth teams of Our Lady retreat. And I'm like, sign me up because he was going. So yes, quietly in my heart, unbeknownst to anyone, I was going on retreat because he was. And and of but course, all, but all this was happening. But like you know, mm -hmm. we didn't have feelings for each other. This was just like you well, know, well, yes, you did, but I didn't, right? So <laughs> it's like it's like well, you you've had, but then it changed, right? Because you know, you went through your also through your uh, thing, right? of course. But uh, there's so there's four years difference between us. So when okay. I was in grade nine, he's in grade twelve. You know, OAC was still back at the, uh, mm -hmm. around in those years too. So. So yeah, that's so OSC, OSC, Dennis, that came after you were finished high school. Just after, that's right. That's the old grade <laughs> yeah. 13, right? Yeah. yeah grade yeah. 13, right? So, like, that that's an awkward, like, gap, right? And those, mm -hmm. those at that age, for sure. Nine, grade 12, right? So, um, yeah, Chris had nothing, like, no interest in, in you know, a grade Dating, nine, right? 14 year old, seriously. But mm -hmm. I had these strong feelings. But, you know, at this retreat, um, it, it was one of those. You know, when somebody asks you, hey, do you have this like life changing moment where suddenly you're one way and then you're another way? And for some reason, there's this beautiful long term effect of this, like a true conversion experience. And that was that retreat, 1999 in Acton. Um, this was the first white hole retreat. So youth teams of Our Lady Canada retreat um, in which I also made this incredible like step of faith and and you know just publicly you kind of in front of everybody in front of the blessed sacrament say jesus i accept you as my personal lord and savior and it was like this moment of grace that has never left since and it just became that true um you know engagement in a in a personal relationship with christ where faith was something that was passed on by our parents to us both of us had this kind of effect of receiving Christ into our hearts in a personal way that since then in our high school years has been like the cornerstone of maturation in the Catholic faith. So I went on the retreat, you know, with this, with this crush on Chris, but I left the retreat as I tell the young people, when I do this, we you know, a little witness story, you know, just madly in love with another guy. And they're always so quick to pick up. They're like, you fell Who in love this guy? I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Who this guy? This guy, this guy is like awesome. He will never give you any heartbreak. So for some I know I reason, do, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're you're a good, good husband. No, I just want to step. So when did you have your, Chris, Um, how much, was that the year before the where you said that you had your conversion? Was yeah, it, that, that, exactly. About, that was 99. So it was say, around the same, just be, before. No, that Monica was just, just before. Because yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry, go before. ahead, Monica. Yep. Just before, yep. So we attended going, we started to attend the, uh, the retreats. Um, we would be either serving, you know, together or not, but I did this weird thing. I don't know. I started to, because I wanted to hang on to what I thought was my vocational mm -hmm. call to the religious life. I started to really like detest him. Okay. Because he then 
was going through, as he mentioned, just like an escape from his family life, which was crumbling and falling apart. And so Chris got involved in just, you know, an, a, a lavish lifestyle outside of the home that was attention grabbing that, you know. Yeah. So like, you know, you the, the regular stuff, you know, you go to church on Sunday. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, but the weekend is like, you know, in there. Yeah. Do all this stuff. Right. And it's yep. like, the yep. years, I went even that far where I have friends and I have friends where my second name is Bartek Bart. Like so Bartholomew, yeah. they yeah. will call me super Bartek, super Bart, right? Super so Bart. I, I have people where, where I meet them now, like at the weddings. I'm like, hey, is Chris here to, at the party or super Bartek at the party? Like, So it's like, <laughs> so it's like an alter ego. Yeah, alter it's ego. an alter ego kind of thing, right? And it's like, man, it's like, of course, like when you when you do go through through those lifestyle, right? And you, and you kind of like realize that, hey, you know, I want to like be truthful, right? I want to be who I am called to be, right? You gotta have to surrender your life, right? And that the life that doesn't really give you, you know, good things, like you know, the partying, the drinking, that life is great, but but it, it only serves a purpose for what, what it does at that time, whatever it was. But you know, I lost lots of friends after too, right? Because you know, like, hey, you're different now. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you don't wanna do this, you don't wanna go do this, you don't wanna do this, right? So it was a hard thing for me too, right? Losing and, and kind of like choosing the life the life that God is calling me to have, right? And it's it was hard, right? But I think yeah. it was the right thing to do, right? And mm -hmm. God had a plan, right? And, and in a way, I think I had to go through whatever was happening at home, um, kind of experience the, the life of what it is, because it's also a story, right? Like, we all have stories to tell. And yeah, it's nice to have a, a like, your life is great and what, but we all we all go through hardships, right? And this was, was kind of my hardship, right? My my parents did divorcing and me escaping, me going through all these things, which I can now tell what it was like and, and to others who are going through the same thing, right? So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it was in 2000, we went to World Youth Day yeah. in Rome, okay? And um, that's where there was a redirection of my heart uh, from, you know, really being confident that I was called to the religious life, then all of a sudden being drawn to marriage yeah. and and i wish i could articulate what that actually was this redirection um this and, and then i became then i then i started to discern actively married life um yeah it's, it's really hard to to tell you in words what that really was but there was just i don't know it was it was perhaps even like this this foreshadowing of our love for theology of the body and St. John Paul II being there in Rome and Jubilee year. It was just so beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, we came home and then we went on another, another retreat. And this one was very interesting because we went to Quebec for two weeks uh, back the, back in the day. I don't think we anyone was working. I don't know. We could take two weeks off and everybody <laughs> got on the school bus and, uh, and we went on a retreat. And so at that time, I still was really distant from Chris, you know, he had his conversion experience, but he was still, you know, living that weekend life one way and, and, you know, Sundays another way, etc. And he was still like, just all over the place. And they suggested it was uh, the theme of one of the days was uh, the day of humility. And one of the activities that the organizers of the retreat suggested was to find a person at this retreat and ask that person to tell you your faults. This was a way to humble you, okay? And I'm like, whoa. So I was shocked. 
when Chris comes up to me and says, you know what, we've been through so much, you know, at the parish, the band, you know, all these retreats we go to, I think out of everybody here, you know me best. I'm like, oh, is that right? So I'm like, have a seat. We sat down and then I just started and I could not stop. I just told him like what like scum he is because of this, because of that, that he's a bad influence upon other people, that he's like swayed by, you know, this group of people, that he's doing this to hurt this, this group of people. And, you know, he's lying to himself. He's a fraud. Da, 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 da. And I just kept going and going and going. And all of a sudden I realized what's happening here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And he says, you know what? 95% of what you said is true. So I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do with this? It's like, I want to change. I'm I'm ready to reject everything. I want, don't want to be a hypocrite anymore. I want to change. And also, could we be friends? I'm like, okay, well, I'm just a little cautious here. I didn't say this out loud, but I was so cautious in my heart. And because he was always like that, that like very, very out there. And as, as, you, as I told you, I was shy, reserved, although I was starting to, like just to be more confident as well um you know with people with others you know people would put me into leadership roles through youth teams of our ladies so i was like somebody sees potential i will serve so i said okay let's be friends but slowly okay so as she's chewing you out chris are you thinking to yourself this is the woman i'm gonna marry are you thinking geez let's yeah, you, go our so, separate ways but, or but like i mentioned like these these like small seeds, right? Through like, yeah. you know, 14, not being interested in playing in this, being Mary and Joseph, like going on these retreats and, and, and being in a band. It's like, you know, this girl is right, like right in front of me, right? But like, I have no feelings yet, nothing, mm -hmm. right? And then I have to go through this change, which I mentioned, right? And there I am, you know, realizing, hey, you know, I got to be truthful to him because I'm discovering Jesus, who he is for me, right? He's changing me, right? And I realize I can't live this life anymore, right? And there I am, you know, I come to this retreat and then, boom like you know day of humility like like humble yourself and i go and humble myself and i get this like message you know like hey you know you're garbage like you gotta change your life right and the, and, this, and she didn't no. say that but like in those way, words no he, he was using air quotes when he when he was saying that monica that yeah, she said exactly. <laughs> he said right and like there it is right like in front of your face and i'm like but then it's like this is where like these feelings finally come up you know like hey let's be friends you know Maybe I've dated the wrong way before, right? Like I never give these girls a chance, like you know, whatever it was, right? Like let's 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 get to know each other. Like who are you, right? Like, and there it is because she, you know, Monica's already like entering. She, she was already in university, right? University, yeah. university, right? I was finishing, and it's like you know, whoa, you know, this is a different girl, right? It's not the girl that was in grade nine anymore, right? right? So you know, and that's how we started kind of like becoming friends. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that that took us into dating and uh, we dated for for three years then I went to France uh, to live there for a year and do my third year um, just to pick up uh, some some stronger French speaking skills um, I was doing a BA in French linguistics and Spanish and uh, pas moi and then... je savais pas donc uh, on va continuer en français pour uh, le reste no, no. No, but, but we'll talk. We'll talk after. We'll talk. Oh, after. He had to. Eh? He had to. <laughs> well, I was sitting right there. I had to jump in. You had to. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I know. And then uh, Chris came to Europe and proposed in London, um, and we came back as an engaged couple. 
uh, and got married in 2006 uh, on the feast of Our Lady of Częstochowa, our Black Madonna, our, our mm-hmm. beloved Polish mama. And uh, and so, yeah, that happened at Our Lady Queen of Poland Parish as well. So, And it was great because mm-hmm. uh, when we were at the moment where we, dis- we, we started talking like in our third year, like, you know, Either we move this into marriage, right? Or like, you know, because there's no point of really dating for such a long time, right? If you know that this is the person for you, right? And it was great that because she went away for eight months and I had the time to be alone, right? Like, they're there. I know. Mm-hmm. I have to take that break sometimes from w- when you have something really good, right? To realize how, how important that person is for you, right? Oh, oh you know. that's really sweet. And, 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 you know, and, and I, and, and because we had those discussions, you know, I, I went even before you left, you know, we went for shopping for the ring. If in case, you know, that, that I would have popped the question. I went all the way to do the pr- traditional Polish where I even asked the, the parents for a hand. You know, I went, brought the vodka for the dad and roses for the mom and, I ask her for a hand. Wait, and... the 750 ml bottle, bottle or 1.14? I don't know, whatever it is. But I think it's one. <laughs> the big one. The big, <laughs> the, one. The, big, the big one, right? I never, so... knew, I never knew that. So then you move from Toronto area to east of Toronto and you end up in Ajax. And as I can see, and as you've done for the past few years, you end up in youth ministry. As you tell your story... That's obviously a natural fit for yourself, Monica. It just seemed like the two of you were uh, meant for you. I mean, youth ministry is what you've kind of just talked about for the last little while. So maybe tell yeah. us a little bit about yeah, yeah, your role in youth ministry. Okay, so I started um, working at St. Bernadette being on staff in 2015. Uh, that's when Father Keith Wallace was a uh, pastor. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's and now pastor of no, no, Church. Church. Yeah, he's there, right? Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. right. This is so cool. So it was awesome because, um, it, there was a great need to have a youth minister on staff at that time at St. Bernadette. Up to that point, I believe everything was volunteer based. That's right. And, um, and that was the year of the double cohort when Cardinal Collins had said to move a confirmation to grade seven. Mm-hmm. So we had grade seven mm-hmm. and grade eight uh, being confirmed in that year. So that was the year where we had uh, 305 candidates. And um, wow. we originally, so Father Keith. Great time to jump into that <laughs> position. <laughs> well, anything after that seemed so much easier. Yeah, good right? point. So much easier. It was like definitely a, a chiseling right there and then. Um, the model was, you know, to, yeah, to minister to young people and also to, uh, to do the confirmation preparation lessons, which originally were going to be bi-weekly. But what I've learned is that when you give young people the truth, when you give the young people, not like a sugar coated <laughs> cartoonish, you know, Jesus, when you give him authentic Christ on the cross, sacrificing, giving his oh. all, uh, when you talk about the precepts of the church, when you talk about, you know, the creed of what it really stands for, gosh, the young people are just thirsting mm. for authentic, the authentic expression of our faith, the authentic, you know, truths of our faith. So we quickly had to change from bi-weekly to weekly. And it was so exciting to, um, at that time, to go into the schools where there was, you know, just a huge mix of of students from, you know, different Christian denominations, of course, uh, the Catholic Church, Orthodox, and some 
some non-baptized, of course, but just to have these conversations and to speak to the young people where they were at mm. in their faith journey. So since then, uh, youth ministry has evolved um, at St. Bernadette. I first was in charge of high school ministry. And then when uh, Father Keith left and Father Chris Lemieux, who's our current pastor, when he came, we focused on sowing seeds uh, earlier. And uh, so now youth ministry is dedicated completely to the EDGE ministry, which is grades five to eight. And we also started Junior EDGE, which is grades two to four. And, you know, just to really engage the children and the middle school youth, as they call it, um, in in asking questions so, and then they receive answers mm-hmm. um, in an authentic way. And of course, sacramental preparation is still part of the scope. Uh, it has also moved into First Communion and First Reconciliation preparation, um, and then eventually baptism, just to be, you know, just to have this holistic kind of like coordination and, you know, beautiful relationship between the sacraments and and then youth ministry, just so that when it comes to using words like, oh, living the sacramental life, then eventually, you know, the young people know what that actually means. So it's wonderful. We were talking about age not a while ago, you know, something about- With regards to Dennis and his advanced years, yes. (laughs) Oh, right, right. (laughs) You know, one thing I recommend to everybody is- you know, obviously not, you know, changing career paths and becoming a youth minister, but volunteering <laughs> and giving of your time to your local parish in youth ministry. Every youth minister, uh, I guess the title, you know, that I have now is a youth and sacraments coordinator um, in order to bring in disciples, mm-hmm. in order to bring in um, youth volunteers. Mm-hmm. You too, Chris. By default, anyways. Um choice. <laughs> Are you still doing the job? Are you still off on maternity leave? Have you come back to the position yet, Monica? Not yet. I'm on maternity no. leave. Right. I took the full year, and I'm so grateful to you know to to Father Chris for no, that's great. Yeah, for that. Um, so right now, there's a huge focus for me personally, for us as well as a married couple, to serve here our youth um, here at the home, and mm-hmm. so like it's all service to the domestic church here and now this is the year you know 2022 2023 of just kind of like seeing where the Matelski children are at and you know ministering to them but um what was i saying yeah to volunteer to give of your time to to youth ministry at your local parish it's what keeps one young i swear by it okay it's what keeps you young, keeps you hip, keeps you making, you know, gives you this incredible vitality and energy that you never know you had. So just just look at Robert. I mean, he's yeah. been doing it for years. And- I, I'm I'm with the youth every day and I'm just like so full of energy. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to ask you, have you noticed the difference? Monica and Chris, like from your late nineties days in, in Scarborough with youth ministry as you were a youth. Are the kids that much difference? I know myself can, Robert can talk about it teaching, but do you notice, is there a big difference from, I mean, a cultural Polish parish as, as, as opposed to a very diverse parish now that we're in, do you notice differences, similarities, or is it completely, are you working from it? Is it a completely different generational thing now? Well, that's a really great question. 
And the answer is... We yeah. should have another podcast. About uh, this. <laughs> hey, we can have a part two for sure. The answer is... <laughs> the answer you think is so. yes. Oh, absolutely. Right. Uh, so earlier I mentioned, you know, faith built on culture. Okay. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. In the Polish uh, parish, and even now, so we also volunteer, uh, Chris and I, at the at Our Lady Queen of Poland, uh, with regards to like family ministry. And um, when it comes to ministering to the youth there, um, there's already a different level, let's say, of catechesis, of of prayer. Okay, they know how to pray. Okay, whereas you know, in a in a diverse uh, parish we need to cover everything, you know, from mm-hmm. zero to 100 with regards to, you know, who knows how to pray, who doesn't know mm-hmm. how to pray, um, who has some exposure, who's heard about it and who's all in, right? Yeah. Um, in the Polish parish, there is a huge emphasis on um, on prayer in, in the family home. Um, there's a huge emphasis on devotion, specific devotions. Uh, Polish families really, really the focus rosary. on devotions. Of course, the rosary, uh, divine mercy chaplet. I mean, like all the anything that a Polish saint has brought to the majest, you know, the great magisterium, we are all there. Okay. So um, if JP2 loved Mary, we love Mary, right? Uh, Sister Faustina Kowalska, you know promoted divine mercy we love divine mercy so and then we amplify everything so you know the polish youth ministry the the challenge is there is to assimilate into the culture so to draw them from their homes into the world okay and in in a diverse parish it's like to take them the influences that the world has given to them and to let them enter the home of their hearts where they're rooted in Christ. So it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, that's <laughs> a very beautiful perspective. Is, yeah. And and it's something that I myself don't really know or understand because I'm a fourth or fifth generation Canadian, right? Okay. So it's just not a lived experience. Like that that immigrant, the, the cultural and faith intertwined, like it's just not not anything that I lived. Dennis, you had a little bit of that because your parents were were immigrants. Certainly the Irish culture, very similar when you're talking about rosary and you're talking about devotion to saints. Mm -hmm. I know my aunt had a great devotion to Padre Pio in Ireland and used to send us cards all the time. And, you know, yeah, so we could definitely see that in that. But you're right, Robert, if you've been here a few generations, that tends to kind of sometimes wear off, unfortunately, but... Yeah. You know, and then another thing I was picking up on there as well, uh, Dennis, and I would see in the classroom that you were talking about as far as being in, in a diverse community and people coming from all kinds of different faith backgrounds. I remember the one time in my class and just getting up and you know, it's a, a grade nine religion class, mm-hmm. so let's just pray and we're going to do the Hail Mary. And after about day three, and I kept seeing this one guy out of the corner of my eye, he wasn't coming from a Catholic background. So all of a sudden, I was like, okay, we need to take our right hand and holding it out, and this is how we make the sign of the cross, mm-hmm. and, and starting right from zero, yep. right? And But once you get going in that, and again, too, like you were saying in the, the youth ministry, that thirst, the thirst that the kids have for the truth, mm-hmm. and being around them, and as much as I was joking earlier about not having that energy... It, it really does energize us, but it also challenges Absolutely. us to mm-hmm. to learn more about our faith so that we can bring them that truth. So mm-hmm. I was kind of wondering, what is something that the youth have taught both of you guys 
about mm-hmm. the faith? Oh hmm. gosh. What about... put you on the spot? Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to answer mm-hmm. or are you thinking, thinking about, about it? it? Okay. So while you're thinking about it. I was going to say, you, you, you guys are like me last night when we had uh, reconciliation mm-hmm. and uh, we get to the front and my wife and I were the first ones in line and we see this other guy coming up and it's like, but you got to go first because I need more time for my examination of conscience. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that we'll, we'll, Dennis okay. and I will take a sip of our beers while you guys think about how the youth have, have influenced your faith. Well, while you're thinking, Chris, think about our boys too. Um, so I guess I can start by saying this. The best advice I got as we began to receive teenagers into our mm-hmm. home, okay, is they morphed from children to, you know, pre teenagers and now they're teenagers okay god, god bless you mine's on the way out oh, oh. gosh right so it's like oh no they're so different suddenly like their moods changed suddenly they were different in in terms of like behavioral and you know defiance and like and 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 the best advice that i got was imagine your teenager to be a toddler go back to the toddler years remember how he or she was like and then just imagine your child in you know a teenage body but with a toddler mindset and there's a rewiring that's happening so go down to their level as a toddler and lift them up to where they are at you know in their teenage in their youth okay in their youth years so this has been actually a very successful way of parenting our and loving our boys because when I remember to stoop down to their level okay this is what they've taught me to do because when I stoop down to the level they receive so mm-hmm. well um you know instead of like because I said so policy it's like you know what I I do want to you know express the reasons here the logic here um in a short and concise manner because you know there are six of you and we need to get you know we need to be efficient here too uh, we can't debate everything out, but, you know, to have conversations, but to meet them where they're at has been so amazing to me because it humbles me to realize that that is what God has to do with us. Okay. God almighty, God, who is all good and all present has to stoop down to our level, humble himself in a way you know, as he did by coming into our world. Um, He has to do that to us all the time. And so working with young people, especially, you know, when those, when you have those simple moments, like you said, Robert, when you're teaching young people, even how to do the sign of the faith, um, to stoop down to that level, to meet them where they're at is what has, you know, what taught me at least about my faith, God the Father, how he is with his children. And so it just makes me love him more to know that he's, he's you know, he's there for me on my level. And so, you know, just today, uh, five-year-old Gabriella, she'll be turning six soon. She asked for a hug. She was having like a meltdown after a meltdown after a meltdown. She asked for a hug. At first I gave her a hug, but her head was at my hip. And I'm like, no, this is not cool. So then I stooped down to her level and then we were able to do like a full out embrace that was not possible with me standing up. So this is, this is my, my take on that question. 
I'm just thinking about like what I've learned from the young people. I think, I think I, I always relate what, what they're going through and I look at their passion, you know, Mm -hmm. their passion, how much we, we talked about this earlier on today. They want to discover, you know, Christ, you know, and like, even though sometimes they don't know it, they don't even know it. Right. But like, but, but you see, but you see that in their hearts and their faces and, and like knowing that for me and seeing that passion, like, like gets me so excited you know it gets me excited that they do want to discover him you know and that i can be part of it with them you know that's what gets me excited about young people and seeing them but we don't we have to get to what yeah i know we have to get the the fire is somewhere dennis and he needs to get going (laughs) well these teams of our lady i'm so interested in this so hopefully you've got some time to i know robert had had spoken about this briefly before to me and and i've just um i i didn't realize it was around so long i just looked it up and it spread around forever and and i just want to know maybe how long you've been doing it for and what exactly it entails so maybe you guys can speak to that as well Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, uh, I guess, so Teams is an international movement. Well, Teams of Our Lady is an international movement for Catholic married couples in the church. And it started in 1939. And that's really cool because it started off at the brink of war, right? So like our world is in chaos. And here, um, you know, just to paint the picture of, you know, how the first team came about, uh, it was four married couples uh, from the same parish. They approached their pastor, Father Henry Caffarel, in Paris, and they said, well, we understand that we're married in the Catholic Church, but what does that actually even mean? Like, what is that? How is that different than being civilly married? How We want to know how to live out our faith through Catholic marriage. Okay? Father Caffarel uh, says... Let's journey together. That was these words. And I was like, wow, those are crazy words. Let's journey together. Let's figure this out, right? And that's how the movement started, you know, 1939. And of course, you know, from there, everything is just uh, what it is right now. That's right. So that's right. That was the the cool part, you know, that then they set up like a team in order to kind of figure out like the charism. And what attracted us to this movement is that okay again i come from let's say a carmelite spirituality so i was i was interested in a religious community from as long as i can remember and and then you know of course everyone was teasing chris after his conversion oh you're gonna be a priest even the the priest at our uh wedding mass he's like i tried so long to convince chris (laughs) here i am you know, losing a, a fellow brother, potential brother. And we're like, ha, 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 that was not, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, and so so here's the thing. Father Caffarel thought, okay, all these external forces that make communities crumble, make, you know, institutions crumble. Okay, so what are the communities that, you know, are steadfast through any external influence? Okay. Monastic communities. Monastic communities. Okay. Monastic religious communities. You know, you have the Dominicans, you have the Brazilians, you have the Franciscans, the Carmelites, right? They are pulling through. Why? Because they're committed to a rule, okay? A monastic rule. And so he said, why not propose a monastic rule to married couples? Crazy. So that we have an actually understanding of marital spirituality. So like when couples are getting married, you know, it's interesting that like, I bet we can also speak about, you know, 
oh, we can we can definitely talk to ends about marriage um, marriage preparation in the church right now. Okay, some places offer a weekend course, and boom, you're formed to get married. You're, you're qualified to get married in the Catholic Church, you know, with a with a weekend marriage prep course. Okay, is that enough? Well, priests. <laughs> it, it worked for like... my wife and I. <laughs> Well, you're very special. <laughs> um, like day old donuts. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, you know what? Well, listen, I'm pretty sure. Well, they, they actually were the second day of Lent. They're two day old donuts. Okay. So. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, you know, priests receive, you know, seven six years, seven years, years. some yeah. Jesuits, 11, 12, 11, right? 12. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, we can get qualified to get married in a weekend. So. Mm-hmm. Here is a movement that wants to, you know, elevate this this beauty of conjugal spirituality. And so, uh, as Chris mentioned, yeah, 1939, and then, you know, a charter was drafted. The name was chosen, Teams of Our Lady. So we'd like to, you know, point out here, it's not a Marian movement that has specific um, devotions to Our Lady, but it's called Teams of Our Lady because we look at the Blessed Mother as our patroness, as the ultimate model of discipleship. So in our conjugal spirituality, where we put Christ in the center, we are looking to our mother as how to invite Christ, her son, into our lives. So uh, we pray the Magnificat as a married couple, uh, as a team's couple every day. Uh, That's the global prayer. And then our spirituality is is forged in the endeavors okay so these are committed concrete points of effort which uh, make up the monastic rule and they are a daily reading of scripture personal prayer conjugal prayer and family prayer okay something called a rule of life um the sit down okay so that's once a month this really in-depth marital dialogue and then an annual retreat so when a couple discerns teams of our lady they are looking at, okay, does our marriage need structure? Do we need a community to be, you know, inspired by and uh, encouraged by uh, in, in our own faith journeys as, as a married couple? And uh, will we benefit from, you know, clinging onto a path of holiness within like within a charism within a monastic world yeah. the, the beauty about the movement is that uh of course you know we, we get to meet with other couples once a month right so at each other's homes right pray together of course it's usually a, about a three-hour meeting and share on those endeavors how they're going right how is our you know scripture reading going how was our sit down right so we get to really you know see other couples go through this the same ways as we go right challenges struggles uh, things that are going well, right? And ask for prayers, right? So it's it's very, uh, I guess it's, it's it's very profound and very giving, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know when you're part of uh, a community, right? It's 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 how it's how whole started, right? I think in our church, right? It's all about part of being a community, right? Mm-hmm. And the community brings uh, such a profound, you know, gifts and talents, and 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 it grows in a way that it's so deep, right? So when we meet at each other's homes and. It's like a mini retreat, I call mm-hmm. it, right? Because you get to share that 
whole month, whatever was going through the day, you know, share on your highs and lows, uh, share on your prayer, share on your sit down with other couples. And it's, it's amazing. You know, I look forward to it every, every month. Right. So yeah. it's, it's just amazing. Huh. And it's always with it's always with the same group of couples. Couple, yes. If, so, if so, I remember correctly, it's like four or five couples correct. that that yeah, meet it, together it, regularly. Yeah. So you're able to form that bond and, and build yeah. those relationships as well. Yeah. So of it's, course, it's the start like, is yeah. The start was kind of you know when we started the team 16, 16 years ago. Sixteen years ago, you know, yeah. we met these couples for the first time. Some of them, some of them we knew, but some of them we didn't. It was like okay, you shake hands and like hey, I guess we'll journey together and see where it goes. Right? Mm-hmm. Of course, the five meetings are usually when when couples decide to join is usually there's a piloting phase so there's mm-hmm. five meetings you get to meet the other couples uh, introduced to the movement itself the structure and see if it's the right fit for you right so but if you do after five meetings see hey i want to continue you commit to a team right so the team that we have now some couples have left because they moved because of you know work and whatever but we've been pretty same for the last 16 15 years right so yeah. do you choose sorry do you choose those couples or or no they're all okay. kind of Usually when we pilot, so like right. an example of like St. Bernadette's, let's just say if we, if we did a piloting, we do, we've done a piloting. Uh, oh, no, so we would do like a parish, no, parish like campaign. A pulpit talk, right? Mm-hmm. We, and we then couples sign up after all the masses. And, you know, the ones who say yes, we, you, you know, we kind of pray to the Holy Spirit. It's like, okay, look, all of you said yes. Uh, a team is made up between five and seven couples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, you know, usually, you know, the Holy Spirit seems to give those numbers and put yeah. put couples together Beautiful. find us a priest and boom you've got a team <laughs> and chris mentioned there is a discernment right and i mean mm-hmm. if there is if there's some like if there is like a clash or perhaps not a good you know fit because and then all of this stuff is written in the charter right so there's an encouragement that there is something to look to like what happens if things are not working out right because we're human you know the human condition you know sometimes is the one that's you know mm-hmm. guiding all of this too uh if we let it but um you know, of course, there are things that we have to look at. So when a team is not put together well, or the couples are not working out, then there are ways of like, you know, restructuring and re- mm-hmm. repiloting and all that stuff. So right now we're in this kind of like campaign mode um, here in the Durham region. Uh, we just finished a weekend at St. Therese in Curtis. Well, that's not Durham, but close. Yeah, very po- po- close. Po- politically, <laughs> it's Durham, but it's the Peterborough Diocese. Yeah. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. So- that's Right. Yes, you're absolutely. But right. I guess. But I guess. And then we're going to St. John Evangelist. But I guess the, the okay. big, would be maybe our audience who are listening to this. What what has it done for us? You know, for Ma, me and Monica, right? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that you know the last sixteen years, like even having that sit down where we sit down each month together and really light up a candle and talk to each other. How are things going? Right. So I'm really discovering to get to know Monica, right? Like, I was going to say, Chris, so once a month you sit down and you relive the humility exercise and Monica tells you everything <laughs> that's wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. That's hilarious because so many husbands share, like, I don't like to sit down. That's when she tells me that, you know, where I'm doing what I'm doing wrong, what I'm not doing enough of. It's like, yeah. mm. I found the sit down so profound because like, you know, <laughs> if we ask ourselves, why do marriages fail, right? Because couples don't talk to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am, this is me, this is me, right? And it's like, you know, we we have some sort of, you know, whatever we it is, right? And just leave me alone, kind of thing, right? But when it comes to like the big stuff, right? We don't we don't get the chance to talk. You know, how are you doing? You no, know? Monica, how is your spiritual life? Who's Jesus for you, right? Chris, who who's Jesus for you right at this moment, right? What what are our struggles right now? You know, telling I'm struggling with this. Could you help me with this? Could you pray for me? Like 
know, I don't know if us forget that, you know, we have a sacrament, you know, there's grace in the marriage of sacrament, right? And and I think, you know, we need to kind of also approach this to unpacking it, right? And I think Teams of a Lady kind of gives that to couples, right? That gives an opportunity to kind of unpack that sacrament even more, right? Through those endeavors. And I mean, uh, it's it's profound for me. It's changed me a lot. I'm impressed that you like were, it age. seems like you were doing it right from the get-go, like a year into your marriage. And that when you think of struggles within marriage, I don't know about uh, yourself too, Robert, um, it came five, 10 years when the kids are young and there's like to know, have that maturity, both of you right away that you would need something like this. I think that's very cool in and of itself that you would say, okay, from the get go, we're going to need this. Mm -hmm. Whereas some people would say they let, let it go too long, five, 10, 15 years. And often it's too late by then. So I think that's, it's really cool. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, we were struggling actually, uh, like towards the, like the, our our first anniversary. Oh man. Like we, like everything, everything came out into the open. I think we were behaving really nicely, like in our dating, in our dating lives, Mm -hmm. like we were trying to really impress each other and we, we put a lot of things under the rug. Oh gosh. But like that that happens in the first year. Once you're living under the same roof. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything becomes a a little bit more apparent. (laughs) Yeah. When Dennis was talking as far as the maturity young in your marriage, I've been impressed through your whole stories, both of you, just the, the maturity of faith uh, as youth yourselves and going to the retreats, uh, being open to yeah. going to retreats, even right, if it was for age. all the wrong reasons, Chris, <laughs> but that's, you know, uh, but being open to, to the Holy Spirit in your, in your mm-hmm. lives and, and allowing yourselves to be led uh, through that. Uh, and then it, it's moved on in, into your marriage and then through the work that you are doing with the teams of Our, Our Lady. And I have found that you talk about that that monthly sit down. I have found our marriage, my wife and I, has always been strengthened when we have those difficult conversations. Mm, yes. For sure. Yes. We, they're difficult, but they're so then they're fruitful, right? Like then it always reminds me in scripture where you hear about the pruning right? Yeah. Like the pruning hurts, but this is what's going to make the, you know, the, the plant much more fruitful afterwards. So you got to do some pruning. Hmm. Yeah. Now, if there are married couples out there that are looking for something like this or a parish that's out there uh, to begin discerning and look into the teams of Our Lady, where would they find out more information about the movement? Well, what I would suggest is uh, head to our website, WW Teams of Our Lady Canada. No, no. No, look at that. No, it's just teamsofourlady.ca. Oh, it? <laughs> yeah. CA. Yeah, teamsofourlady.ca. So information is there. Um, they can always reach out to you as well. And then you could uh, forward uh, information or connect us. So we're, we're serving currently as something called a formation couple. So what we do is we help existing and new teams, um, you know, just to, you know, stay committed to the charism, stay committed to, um, you know, everything that's in that charter, how a team meeting looks like, you know, how the endeavors are meant to be lived out, um, you know, all, all the obligations that we have with regards to our commitment to teams. So that's what that's the scope of our service right now. But we're also in charge of, um, you know, organizing campaigns. So if there's a priest who's like, I would love to have, you know, teams, couples come and give, you know, a small talk and a witness from the pulpit, 
then we would also be the ones in the GTA area to contact. Um, and But information can be found on teamsofourlady.ca. I think you can also submit your email and your information and someone will contact you. Yeah. Yeah. And go from there, see which location you are at, which diocese, and we'll go from there. Yeah. 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 No, for sure, I'll get that that website into the show notes and as well for our listeners, if they just reach out, whether it's, you know, through messaging us in the social media or through an email, uh, it will definitely pass that along to, to you guys as well. And you don't even have to be in the, the Archdiocese of Toronto for that. Uh, we have listeners around the world. So if it mm-hmm. is something that you are interested in, do reach out to us. We'll get the information to Monica and Chris, and even if you're not in the Archdiocese of Toronto, they'll get you in touch with who you need to get in touch with. Yeah, Absolutely. Teams Over 80 is a is an international brand, so uh, we have teams in 92 countries. Yeah, wow. so continent, mm-hmm. so U.S., whatever, Europe, we were everywhere. So you can definitely, if you're listening to in, in any other continents, yeah, there's teams probably there too. Yeah. Absolutely. So wherever you're listening to Pints Infused, there there will be a teams of our. There will be a team. There you go. <laughs> Nearby, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Right. guaranteed. If not, Monica and Chris will find the nearest we'll one. We'll find your you. team. For sure. And speaking of another guarantee, just before we finish up here, uh, we wanted to to let you guys know. I know we kind of let the cat out of the bag before we started recording, but uh, as we do with all of our guests, uh, we'll get uh, you each uh, your official each. Pints Infused ball nice. cap. And actually, I think I'm going to take that opportunity. We should have mentioned it right off the top there, Dennis. Uh, remind our listeners of the, the Pines and Pews ball cap giveaway that's going on on Facebook right now as well. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, when is the final date? Is it? I want to East, say Easter weekend. Easter Monday. Easter, Easter weekend. Easter Monday. Right. We were we were going to yeah. give that And away. you made it very simple this time, didn't you, Robert? I try to For keep things simple, simple, and I still manage to mess them All up. All they have to do is... On... The post that I've put up there, the picture I've put on our Facebook page, which I've pinned to the top of the Facebook page, comment with your your favorite episode, which I'm sure at the end of this episode now, mm. Dennis, I think people are going to be putting you know, Monica and Chris and youth <laughs> ministry right teams of sure. Our Lady. Now like, they don't get an extra fantastic. hat if if you know if their uh, episode is chosen. Just so you know, you still get the two hats, which you'll probably yeah. give to your kids anyhow. I'm sure. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> wait, I'm going to wear mine. Yes. I'm just a- looking forward to this. I don't have to take it and put it in the mail. And no, you still you have know, to pay, mail pay it. The- you don't expect me to walk that distance, what? do you? <laughs> you walk right past their house when you're walking the mm. dog there, pal. No, I I walk just parallel to their street, but I'm going right down to the lake. So I just I miss their street. Yeah, I can. So what you're saying is you you're trying to avoid our guests, is what you're saying. Oh no! I'm just trying to take the longest walk with Bixby, of course. But yes, I'll definitely drop it by. I know exactly where they live. In fact, one of my um, childhood, uh, my son's childhood friends from JK, um, Monica and Chris moved into their house. I guess about what? How long have you lived there? Fifteen years. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! It, no, and now it's going to be fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. So. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he used to, and then I wondered who was a new couple that moved in. I think you might have had one or two kids at the time, or. What? Correct. Yeah. So oh that was, yeah. So I think uh, Brody, so he still sees to this day, 20 years later, his family oh, wow. was in that house. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think they moved to another part of Ajax and then I think the family yes, moved eventually to did, Toronto. Right? Yeah. Oh, they did, eh? Yeah. They moved to Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. little high in there. But anyhow, poor Parians aren't interested in that, right, Robert? So um, <laughs> no, no. better wrap it up here. <laughs> We're getting so again, yeah, Monica and Chris, thank you so very much for for stopping by this evening and sharing your story. What a great and story. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. youth ministry and the teams of Our Lady. This has been so much fun. We've been Dennis and I have been looking forward to this for so long, and this is. You guys did not disappoint. This has been so Absolutely. much fun. So thank you so very much. It's been such a blessing to have you. It's been so great. Us. Thank you. Thanks so much, so much Monica and Chris. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you at mass sometime. You betcha. Mm-hmm. betcha. Right. <laughs> Thanks so much. God bless. Well, Robert, another excellent episode. Two great guests that you invited, even though they live literally beside well not beside me but within a stone's throw Uh, around Um, the corner from you. around the corner chris and monica that was fantastic i didn't know how a couple would work on you know with two because you know we usually just have one guest but that was they were great i I, really i was absolutely floored by their story moved Mm -hmm. by their story like i said Mm -hmm. uh, there were a couple times i was actually getting close to tears just by not by their candidness and sharing their story, but just by their story uh, and just the love that was evident with them as a, as a married couple. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And the joy, the joy, joy for sure. Right. That's uh, yeah. I I can't say anything. I'm, you will be dumbfounded with this Dennis, but I think I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, I, I'm shocked. Let's get that on tape. Did someone get that on tape? You know what? I was thinking when you you had said something earlier off air that, you know, maybe it's time for us to go like uh, Sean Lynn and go YouTube and, and have this live because you really, you said to see both of them together was 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 part of the pack. You know, that was so nice to see that the way they kind of, you know, went back and forth and, and listeners can't see that, but I mean, they can hear it, right? But so. the, they can hear it, but yeah, the yeah. facial expressions <laughs> really lend a lot to the communication that, that goes on there. Yes. We could go down that road, sir, but we've had a few people mention that uh, we have faces for radio. Radio, exactly. And, you know, exactly. And we can't... Uh, yeah, we I, can't go down that route. I think right we now. had one guest on who was also a listener, and he came on and he says, "You guys sound a lot more intelligent than you look." <laughs> it was like, "Thank you." Let's get the interview started. Speaking of it, like I just looked at both of them, and I thought, "Geez, do we look that old, or do they look that young?" I was just thinking to myself, "Well, you Learn- can almost not fast on Ash Wednesdays, is that right? Was I not correct with the eighteen to fifty nine, or was that abstinence?" Good for you, Robert. It's going to be enjoyable for you in the next couple of years to go. Yeah, into that. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, now you'll have to let me know me. what it's all about I'll when let you, you know get there a like. few years before me. See. But yeah, no, they started throwing out some dates uh, as far as you know oh, baptisms know. and this and that. I was thinking and I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm in high school. I'm in the high school. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh oh, but. Yeah, no, Dennis, as always, the time seems to have really flown by, especially when you have great guests like that. And for the, I think the very first time ever in Pints and Pews history there, sir, my hourglass is actually empty. And, when and I got mine to the end of the interview. Just ended now, but at the end of the interview, I still had a little bit left in, which is which is rare. So yes, always a pleasure, Robert, both the pint and the conversation. Especially the pint. I really enjoyed this Monty's Aged Rye Ale. It really had uh, a smoothness to it, uh, a hint of vanilla, uh, a little bit of caramel. I really enjoyed that. How how about your pompous ass? Pardon? (laughs) Pardon? (laughs) You notice how I said, how about your pompous ass, not how about you? I couldn't believe how good this pompous ass English ale was. I was thinking, you know, you can see the, you know, 
the monocle gentleman English. That that looks you know, like me on the on the label there. It does a little bit. Like it's very resembling. But it was it was really good. I'd get that again for sure. I really enjoyed that beer. So the pints were especially good. And just to talk to a faith-filled couple like that, that was very enjoyable tonight to talk about the faith. Very true, very true. Now, just before we wrap up here, Dennis, perhaps there's just one small favor we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook. And while you're there on Facebook, drop a comment on that post and let us know what your favorite episode is has been so that we can uh, put you in that draw to win one of our pints and pews hat i'm very excited for that and you can drop us a line there on facebook or at pints and pews at gmail.com we always enjoy hearing from our, our listeners chat again soon my friend god willing and until then why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of gk chesterton in catholicism the pint the pipe and the cross can all fit together God bless, my friend. Take care, Wilbur.